Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 278 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the queenly creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio where you will also find links to Queen Queen, a five week audio journey which starts at the stroke of midnight January 1st, 2018 which is only a couple days away and I am super excited about that so you'll find a link to that on my blog and back on Blog Talk Radio as well as a link to a Q&A session I did back in August for Queen. Both this episode and the one that I did back in August is for women. So just let me say that right now. This is for women who are interested in working with the Queen archetype. I sent out a newsletter uh, just to people who had signed up for the uh, three, three, what is it? Uh, You are a Queen a free three-day video series. Those of you who got that series uh, earlier in the year, I asked you, do you have any questions about working with the queen archetype and promised that I would do a special episode here for you, and this is it. But I got a lot of repeat questions that I already had answered in the August episode, so that is why I'm going to link to that on Blog Talk and my blog so that we can keep this one really short and sweet. There's also a couple of repeat questions, so I've just consolidated them a little bit to where we're just answering three questions today. My goal is to keep the rambling to a minimum to offer maximum value, so let's see if I can do that here today, and let's just get started. So the first question is from Tara. So Tara says... This is a really common question that a lot of people ask me uh, in in a variety of ways, but I, I picked Tara's because it was very short and sweet. She says, calling myself a queen makes me worry that people are going to think I am full of myself. Isn't that just the way? How many women... Raise your hand if you're a woman and you have had that fear. (laughs) How many women feel like that? Maybe all of us have felt like that at some point. And I actually think that that is ancient, ancestral, goes far, 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 far back. Uh, We are taught generation after generation to be pleasing. It's only in the last few generations, depending on how you've been raised, the last couple or maybe maybe the first generation of a woman who doesn't need to be married to survive, who doesn't need to be a part of a particular tribe to survive, a woman that can strike out on her own and make it on her own and doesn't need permission from anyone else to be who she is. That's a new thing. That's a new thing. So women, we come from a long line of oppression, and the ultimate in oppression is when the oppressed 
do the oppressing for the oppressor, if that makes sense. So other women have learned to kind of henpick each other in to keep, we keep ourselves down. I always think of this analogy and I'm going from hens to crabs here, <laughs> but, and it's one I've shared before, but crabs, apparently I've never tested this out. It's just something I heard once that stuck with me, but, uh, apparently fishermen can throw crabs in a bucket and they don't have to put a lid on the bucket. They don't have to worry about the crabs ca- crawling out because the, the other crabs, anytime a crab tries to make a break for it, the other crabs will pull it back in. I think that's such a sad image, um, but I think that women can do that to each other and or used to. It's gotten much, much better. But like I said, these are ancestral memories, and it depends on the family and the culture you were raised in, uh, the neighborhood, the church, whatever. I think I'm I'm behind. I think I was raised with like 1950s values, even though I was raised in the 80s. <laughs> I feel like uh, I was raised to be somebody's wife um, and to be very, very pleasing. That's something that we, we work with uh, in the Queen program. We work on not being pleasing and how we are taught to be pleasing when we're young. Uh, and part of that is making sure that other people don't think we are full of ourselves. And why don't we want them to think that? Because we want to be liked, because we want to be included, because we want to be chosen. And I would say it's because we don't want to make a target of ourselves. And it's really interesting to think about that. I can tell you the way I've done it myself in just doing this podcast and in making videos. That's a worry I've had myself and the way that I've tried to make myself not be a target and something that I'm still working on. The queen journey is a long journey. It's an evolution. Like I've been doing this for years and I don't feel like I've mastered it. I feel like I'm on the path. I'm on the journey. It's something I'm working on. But for myself, the way that would present itself is by excessively giggling or being super, super silly to make what I'm saying more palatable. Because I feel like if it's just a straight shot, if I say this is what I know to be true, that it's harder for people to digest it, that people might think I'm full of myself, right? So I make it kind of wacky and goofy and silly and fun. And hopefully it's like easier to accept. So I do it too. And I'm aware of it. It's something that I'm working on being more direct with people. Um, But I totally understand the idea of calling myself a queen, calling yourself a queen, that worry that people might think you are full of yourself. And I'm going to turn this over to Queen Oprah Queen O, as I like to call her, I've heard her literally talk about this exact same thing using that exact same wording, full of to be full of yourself. I've heard her talk about it in interviews and I think speeches she's given, but definitely interviews. And then in a recent but in this besides an editor's letter for her magazine, she does this piece at the end called What I Know For Sure. And in a recent issue of O Magazine. She One of the what I know for sure entries was just about this. So I pulled that out so I could read it to you because I'm calling Oprah, Queen Oprah, for a reason. She is a woman who 
I think the queen archetype is for women who feel disempowered, but who are learning to become fully themselves, to be completely empowered, to have a sense of personal sovereignty and command over their own lives. And I think Oprah has literally done that on the world stage, which is a heightened, accelerated path. And so I feel she embodies the queen archetype because she has been on that journey and she's been on it for decades. And the public heat she's taken for being on that journey has intensified the lessons for her and really grounded her in a sense of wisdom around certain issues. And this would be one of those issues. So she was saying that something about being young and being worried about being full of herself, uh, the last thing she wanted was for her actions to make her appear conceited. And then this is what she goes on to say about that. I now understand that the true measure of womanhood, the true measure of womanhood is exactly what I had avoided for so long to be filled with all of who I am. Every time you suppress some part of yourself or allow others to play you small, you are in essence ignoring the owner's manual your creator gave you and destroying your design. What I know for sure is this. You are built not to shrink down to less, but to blossom into more, to be more splendid, to be more extraordinary, to use every moment to fill yourself up. Don't you love that? I wanted to read that to you in her own words because I think it's really profound. And she packed a lot into that answer as well. And I think, too, women are such givers. We're such givers. And you just consider, too, you can only give what you have. And to fill yourself up, to be so full of yourself is really an honor to God or the goddess or the universe or whatever mysterious creative force created you. I believe that we're each a drop of the divine, that we're each unique expressions of the divine, kind of like God experiencing itself in all these different unique ways. And that to not continually expand into the fullness of who you are, to, to deny yourself the pleasure of becoming more whole is to deny others the true gifts that you have to give. So you can play a little mind trick on that. To to make yourself less, to make yourself smaller means that you have less to offer other people. And to be the queen of your own life is to be fully, unapologetically, completely yourself. I love the word of command. It's about having command over your own space, your own thought process, your own feelings, your own boundaries, your own life, and not letting other people dictate that for you. I think we worry about becoming targets, like targets of ridicule and putting yourself out there as a queen does in a sense make you a target. Like I was saying about Oprah, like she did that on the world stage. I don't know if you can become a bigger target than that, but the lessons in that were profound. She learned how to set healthy boundaries. She learned who mattered and who didn't. She learned that it was not to her benefit to shrink herself down. She learned that she couldn't serve from that place. So 
that might be the challenge in becoming more fully yourself and to call yourself a queen, to work with the queen archetype and to become so fully who you are, to become full of yourself, so to speak, and mean it in a good way. Uh, the, the, the challenge might be that you feel like a bit of a target, but that's a practice. And once you learn to set healthy boundaries, once you learn to not give a crap what the, what the critics say, to have that not affect who you are, you're free of it. And then you recognize, oh my gosh, and it's also made me a target in an awesome way because like attracts like. And now I'm a target for a different kind of friendship, a different kind of, a more empowering kind of friendship, a more empowering kind of love relationship, more amazing financial opportunities. And so there's the flip side of that coin, right? Um, So let yourself become full of yourself. Call yourself a queen. See how it feels. Let let yourself be uncomfortable for a minute and let other people show you who they are. Are they willing to love you in your wholeness for who you are? Because if, if they can do that for you, then they're worthy of your love. If they insist on making you shrink down, maybe it's time to start considering inviting some new relationships into your life, to put that gently. (laughs) So I hope that was helpful, Tara. Uh, The next question is from Bay Down Under. Bay Down Under says, this is a unique question I have not gotten yet. I am a musician and I want to share my music with the world because I know it has the power to heal and inspire. I think that's my queen superpower. My music is my queendom. But I have made many videos now and two full albums of songs and hardly anyone ever shares them or even comments and they have very few plays. I feel so frustrated and like I just want to give up some days. I want my friends and family to help me spread the word about what I do but it's like they just don't care and they get annoyed with me for talking about it all the time. Hmm... I feel your frustration, Bay, <laughs> Bay down under. <laughs> uh, I have been a creative person my entire life, so I definitely understand how, as, if you want to pay your bills as a creative person, whether you're a, a musician, a writer, even a podcaster, uh, an illustrator, anything like that, that desire for validation really becomes kind of life or death in a way because you need to pay your bills and you want to pay your bills with what you do. And if people aren't giving you validation, then, you know, the ultimate validation is getting paid, right? Um, people actually giving you money for what you do. But if you can't even get them to like your friggin' video, <laughs> like, it does not bode well. I would recommend, I got two book recommendations book recommendations for you. One is Big Magic by Liz Gilbert, another woman who I definitely see as embodying the queen archetype. I had the pleasure and the honor of getting to see her live in Santa Barbara on her Big Magic tour this spring, and she's fantastic. Talk about being full of yourself. That woman is so confident and so interesting and so funny and so profound and so wise. All the things you might associate with a queen. But uh, she talks about, I think it's in Big Magic. I hope it is now that I'm recommending this book to you. Um, she talks about how she, how she made a pact with her writing. She's a professional writing a professional writer, how she made a pact 
with her gift, with being a writer, uh, that she was not going to burden her writing with supporting her. She was never going to ask her writing to support her financially. She made a promise to her writing that she would support them both financially, which meant she would whatever, work whatever odd jobs she had to do to keep the writing going because it was something she loved to do. It was her passion. It was coming from her soul. And in that way, she really kept it clean. It wasn't tainted with that need for validation and that need to even support herself financially because it was just coming from an authentic place of, I need to do this because I love it and I'm not going to ask it to support me. So I don't, you didn't specifically mention finances, like supporting yourself with your music, but something about that made me think of that um, reference. So I think that's interesting. And another is a children's book called The Love Me Bird. I love this book. It's very girly. It's pink with hearts on it. It's, I'm going to, major spoiler alert too. I'm just going to tell you how the book ends right now. I'm going to tell you the book in a nutshell. It's a bird. And this bird's bird call, it's about a bird with a bird call that says, love me, love me, love me, love me. And this bird flies all around the world saying, love me, love me, love me. And what the bird really wants is for somebody to to love it. It's seeking companionship and it's so lonely and no one ever answers its call. It says, love me, love me to nothing out into the abyss. And, no, and, and never does anybody ever answer its call until one day it decides to try a new call. And I get, I get chills <laughs> talking about this. I love this book so much. It says, love you, love you, love you. And it hears in the distance, love you, love you. And someone returned its call because it switched its focus from getting love, love me, love me, love me, to giving love, love you, love you, love you. And that's a really important thing to keep in mind as a creative person is to give, if, if as you say, that's your queen's superpower, that you believe your, your music has the power to heal and inspire, as you said, keeping the paradigm in your mind that you're giving it as love, you're giving it out as love, is the more empowered, queenly way to do it. If you and people can feel when you're when you are coming at them with a love me bird mentality and it's sort of repellent. I would also recommend that you not look to your friends and family for validation in this way because they not might not be the people that you are here to serve. And uh, in putting your, your, in putting your energy on focusing on them, like, why won't they listen to me talk about this all the time? Why won't they share my videos? Uh, you're kind of putting pressure on them that again, might be repellent where they're like, Oh, I don't want to take her phone call because she's going to ask me to do something I don't want to do. They might not be your audience. They might not be the people who are here to receive your gift. And in spending time worrying about that, you're losing energy. You're depleting your queendom. And kind of robbing energy from those you are here to serve. So I would just completely cut them out of the picture altogether unless they ask, like, what have you been up to? Then it's an opportunity to share with them, right? But I would take my power back 
And I would say, this is my special gift. I'm going to do it because I love it, not because it is here to sustain me, but because I am here to sustain it. This is like my gift from the universe, and I'm just going to let it flow through me, and I'm going to give it to whoever is here to receive it. And then when that one person likes your video or comments or buys your record, get into deep appreciation with that. You have touched a life. You have made a difference. Your music has fulfilled its mission. And then let that, let it grow from there. Keep focusing on who is showing up. Even if it's just one person over and over again, lavish that person, not maybe even verbally or with text, but just in your own mind with gratitude and be glad that they're receiving your gift. Just keep putting your gift out into the world. I will say as somebody who is in a band as well, that it's it it seems to be much harder to connect with people on the internet than it is in person. And so see if you can take your music to the people, like even if it's just doing an open mic, like go where the people are and connect that way, like get involved in the music scene in your area and participate that way. And um, because the internet, you know, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of love me birds on the, inter- on the internet. And if you're just another love me bird, it can get very lonely sometimes. So give, give, participate in the internet. I'm not saying don't, but just focus on the people who do acknowledge you and, um, and focus on being a love you bird and pick up a copy of Big Magic. That's my advice to you, Bay Down Under. I hope it was, I hope it was helpful and, and much Much, much luck and love to you with your special gift, your music. Okay, so the last question is a Twitter question. I love Twitter. It is my favorite. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. (laughs) Speaking of birds, tweet, tweet. Uh, This is from Quintessa Catra, or Catra, Catra, I'm going to say Catra. Quintessa Catra. As a woman, how am I to uphold my boundaries? of how I want to be treated with light returned when I begin with treating others with such. So I guess you're saying you're treating others with light and you want to be treated in kind. You want other, other people to come from a light place as well. So how am I to uphold my boundaries of how I want to be treated with light uh, returned when I begin with treating others with such but receive shadow in return from a male coworker or housemate, for example. So you didn't specify how the shadow is presenting itself with this male coworker or housemate, so I can't get super specific. I will say in the context of being the queen of your own life and when it comes to shadow work, that... Just because your light is triggering a shadow reaction in someone else, that doesn't mean that you need to meet their shadow with shadow. In fact, it's the opposite. (laughs) So don't get into a shadow dance with this person. And that means don't let their shadowy reaction trigger something in you that makes you feel resentful or angry. Uh, I believe a real light worker People talk about being a light worker. Well, what does that mean? I think a light worker is someone who shines light into the shadows, who has an awareness of shadows. And it's really easy to see other people's shadows. (laughs) The tricky thing about our own shadows is that 
there are they're impossible to see like in a in a uh on a conscious level because it's all unconscious they leave clues they leave little tips and tricks and clues and and they speak in symbolism and that's why we we talk about doing shadow work because it's, it's a bit of a journey to do some shadow work but there's a clue if you find if you feel well I'm always coming from light I'm always a light person I'm always leading with light but then I get I get these shadow reactions that's probably a clue that something in you is is shadowy is going on there especially if these shadow reactions are triggering in you something something that you don't want to feel and it's bringing you to into a place of feeling really like charged up in some way i guess that's a that's a a hallmark of the ch- of the shadow is it creates charged energies so you can have a judgment like man that guy's acting like a jerk and it doesn't bug you at all and you can just move on in your day that's not really a shadow issue you can just be like yeah that person's being a jerk or that's a weird habit they have but it's nothing on me it's you know it's a shadow issue if it becomes an issue if it's something you're thinking about a lot if you're telling yourself a lot of stories if it really like charges you up and gets you feeling emotional something in you, some sort of shadow has been triggered in that way. And then you kind of can end up getting into a shadow dance with the person. When you say male coworker, what immediately comes up for me, and this might not be accurate, is a boundary issue. Somebody who's not respecting your boundaries. And that to me is an opportunity. And even with a housemate too, you said a male coworker or housemate, for example, these guys might not have good boundaries or they might be what I call boundary pushers and so it's an opportunity for you to practice and it's definitely a practice especially at the beginning because it can be challenging to practice setting and keeping healthy boundaries and teaching others how to treat you so you talked about how people are treating you it's your job to teach them how to treat you. And they have two options. They can either treat you the way you want to be treated or they can get lost. <laughs> and that is it. And that is a very queenly stance. Those are the only two options they have because you have decided what your boundaries are. You have decided how people can talk to you, how people can treat you. You know, if if your sloppy coworker can leave his half-drunk glass of coffee on your desk every day for you to clean up or not. You get to decide, right? It's your space. It's your queendom. Once you are clear what your boundaries are, it's your job to to teach them to other people. And that is a major practice for a lot of women, right? Because it's challenging to learn how to stand up for yourself and to say no and to say, you can't talk to me that way. You can't treat me that way. And it becomes a practice because you might not be very good at it at first. But at least if you're making the effort and you're seeing it as a practice, acknowledge yourself and reward yourself and praise yourself for making the effort. And, you know, like maybe regroup and be like, okay, that was a little bit wobbly there, but I'm going to do better next time. And I'm just going to keep insisting that that guy not talk to me that way until he gets the message. You either treat me how I want to be treated or you get lost. And it can be tricky when you're very concerned with being light, being the light and love in the world. 
Don't get it twisted in your mind that setting healthy boundaries is not about light and love. It's about keeping your space clean. It's about keeping your queendom how you want it to be, light and bright and uh, fresh and feeling how you want it to feel, right? And sometimes that might require calling for something I like to call the sacred bitch. The sacred bitch is the ruler of the word no. (laughs) And every queen has one. You need to learn how to say no. And that can feel challenging to somebody who's used to being pleasing. And a lot of women have shaky boundaries because we've been trained to be pleasing and it's scary to say no and we want people to like us and we don't know how they're going to react. So we'd rather just be martyrs and complain and be upset that they're treating us in a way we don't like than the temporary discomfort of saying no. You can't talk to me that way. No, you can't treat me that way. No, you can't put that pile of laundry there. <laughs> and um, But I'm telling you that that you really can teach people how to treat you and it gets easier over time and it miraculously works. It works. People will either change their behavior to meet you where you are or they will leave. They will go bug somebody else who is a better match for them and who they can do their little shadow dance with. So I I hope that that was helpful for you. Quintessa Catra. And speaking of Twitter, I have to I have to say this. This is something I posted. I think I posted on Facebook and Twitter yesterday, but <clears throat> I'm always trying to say what I mean. Always. But sometimes are better than others. Sometimes I write something, I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I mean. That's exactly what I meant to say. And this is that. So I actually <laughs> cut and pasted it onto this little file here so I could read it to you. Um And it is this, is it too much to ask that you fall in love with your own life? Is it too much to ask that you fall in love with your own life? I certainly hope not. Self-love is the realm of the queen. Every woman has the right to enjoy herself and to rule her queendom with a rockin' sense of personal command and pleasure. Fall in love with your own life. And that involves, that is an umbrella for everything I just talked about here today. Giving your gift freely to the world. Not shrinking down to make other people comfortable. Learning healthy boundaries. That all falls into the realm of the queen. The realm of self-love. And if it's challenging to you when I say fall in love with your own life, Accept the challenge. Fall in love with your own life. Think about what that would look like to you. If you were madly in love with your own life, how would you live it? That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about being the queen of your own life. So if you enjoyed this, if you're interested in being the queen of your own life, this program is starting in a couple of days. Queen, a five-week audio journey to reclaim your personal sovereignty It's awesome. It's an amazing way to kick off the new year. And there's a nice little Facebook group of other queens that are so supportive and wonderful. So check out the link. It's somewhere here on Blog Talk Radio and on my blog. And until we meet again, Happy New Year! Much love to you. Peace.